Hello, hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence to Cabaret. I'm so excited to be here with you for this episode. It's going to be epic. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling your inner glow? Are you feeling lit up? Well, you will be by the end of this episode. So if you're new here, welcome to Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast and the vodcast. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you should know you can also get this on audio form anywhere you get your podcast, search Confidence Through Cabaret. And if you're listening to this on podcast, there is also a video version on Confidence Through Cabaret YouTube channel check out the vodcast playlist and you'll be able to find us there. And we are talking all things confidence. So we talk about confidence in personal life, in work life, and in stage life, whatever your stage is right now, this podcast on, on video and audio is our stage. Uh, and we have a lot of stages that we need to show up on. And we're all about expanding in our space, owning unapologetically our space, raising our voice and sharing our messages. And today's episode is going to be so beautiful. We are talking with Stepanka, Stepanka Karolova. I knew I'd get the name wrong. Uh, I'm so sorry, Stepanka. Uh, but I am so delighted to welcome Stepanka to the podcast because uh, so we love to talk about inner glow and finding our glow. And a lot of that comes from our emotional intelligence. And my guest today is a hypnotherapist, a coach, a best-selling author, and is all about healing and inner glow. So please join me in welcoming Stepanka. Hello. Hello, Heather. Thank you so much for such a warm welcome. I'm so happy to be here. It is such a pleasure to have you here. So, oh, I, you know, I feel like there's about four episodes in, in this because your bio is extensive and we will uh, cover off where to find you. And, and so everybody can go and find out about all things around you. I know you talk about imposter syndrome, as do I. So that's a whole topic in itself. Uh, you are also all about self-esteem. Uh, yeah. Right. And and your work, how much of your work is through hypnotherapy? A lot, <laughs> a lot. I would say clinical hypnosis is one of the main tools I use, but I also work with other modalities such as coaching, energy healing, trauma work, and a lot more. But like hypnosis is my number one tool. Beautiful. And and why hypnosis? What? How does that come into your work? What? How did it? How did you get there? Yeah. So my first ever in-person experience with hypnosis was when I was about 18 years old and I was a first year university student and I really struggled with imposter syndrome, with anxiety, my confidence was so low and I just felt like I don't belong. And you know, when when this, all of those fears get too much, it can manifest through the body and I wasn't quite aware of what anxiety can do to the human body and I ended up having various different health problems and I I would go and see my doctors and they couldn't find anything and after weeks of suffering from 
various different digestion problems. I couldn't hold food in my stomach. I would have fevers on and off. And honestly, it was holding me back so much. I couldn't show up for classes. And as you can imagine, when you're 18, you would think like, oh, you should be full of energy. You should be having fun, socializing with your classmates. None of that was happening for me. I was stuck in my room. I could hardly show up for anything at my university. And after I've gone through a lot of tests, my GP, my doctor, my practitioner asked me, like, could it be your nerve? Like, there is nothing wrong with your body. Like, we've, you know, carried out all of these tests. And I honestly, like, wasn't even aware of things such as imposter syndrome, fears, confidence issues. And I I didn't know what to do with it. Even though my doctor said, oh, could it be anxiety? I didn't know, like, how to cure it, how to heal it. I didn't really know anyone who would be able to help me and it wasn't until I started practicing yoga at university still as a student that during the first ever class this incredible teacher who later became my first ever mentor she said in front of the whole class like today I've got something special for you I just feel like I should share this recording with you so if you have time just stay here after the yoga class lie down on your yoga mat and I'll play something for you so I stayed I loved that session anyway I had so much fun practicing yoga and I lie down on my back and just recorded re recording started playing from a CD and within minutes I felt at home at home in my body it was incredible. I didn't know it can feel this good to be in your body, to feel all of your sensations, to feel your emotions. I was changed. And I was like so moved by this recording. I ended up going to see this teacher and I'm like, could you tell me what this was? Like, like I felt it. Like I feel so calm. I haven't felt this way. For, I can't ever remember actually feeling this way. And and, and she told me what it was. And years later, when I started studying hypnosis, I realized, oh my goodness, this is one of the basic hypnosis exercises. And, and that's, that was my experience. And because of this one recording, I started sleeping better. I kept practicing the same technique, the way I memorized it from the session. Every morning, every evening, those health problems were gone within days. It didn't even take a full week for, for those fevers to go away, for those digestion issues to go away. And that changed my life so much. And from that moment onwards, I decided I would dedicate my life to learning more about those things. It took me years until I became a hypnotherapist, yet I, I had been exploring meditation, different practices, and yeah, my life has never been the same since. That's amazing. That's, that it, it's incredible, isn't it? When you find something that just makes sense for your mind and body and, and helps you to, to be connected, and I know a lot of the listeners will be, you know, aware of things like affirmations and meditation and journaling, and those tools are wonderful. They can take time, and hypnotherapy is just like so fast. I'm a I'm a big fan of hypnotherapy. I um, have actually taken two of my children to hypnotherapists, one for mm -hmm. uh, exam anxiety, and 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 one for 
being able to see things through and finish it. So, you know, it, it is really, it's not a, it's not a, a sheep dip where you just go through hypnotherapy in general terms. You maybe watch something on YouTube. It is actually quite specialized and quite specific for what it is that ails you and for what it is that you need to hear. Right. Absolutely. I actually do think that there is a lot of power in having personalized hypnosis and being able to like target specific fears the client might have. While it's incredible that there are recordings all over the internet and even the one I took myself through when I was 18 years old was more of a general hypnosis that can like you know cover loads of different issues. But when you are working with someone on one-to-one -one basis, they are hearing your language they listen to you they are making notes of like what specifically is going on and how you see it yourself and then we would use those words within that hypnosis recording so that it suits you and the way you describe your problems and so on so i do agree with that yeah that's beautiful so that took you to what you call emotional alchemy as part of your work. Do you want to just explain for our listeners what you mean by emotional alchemy? Mm -hmm. Emotional alchemy is a huge part of my work and it has changed my life. And every single year, like I, I deepen the whole concept. It's beautiful. It, it's incredible, really. So Emotional alchemy is something I started developing actually way before I became a hypnotherapist. I just didn't know it was a thing. Um, it was about in my early 20s when I actually suffered with um, severe gynecological health problems. And it, it got really bad. And at one point, I... I, I would have days when I couldn't go to work because of the pain I was suffering from and all the other things that, all the other symptoms that came with, with this condition I was suffering from. And I had about six cysts on my ovaries. So a lot of pain. And I, you know, there was really not, there wasn't really a treatment that could help me. And I stopped socializing with people which is not typical for me. I love being, you know, with other people. I I would have like mornings when I would call in sick, not just because of the physical health problems, but because mentally I just I just couldn't see myself going to work with worrying about whether I'm gonna be okay or not. So it actually impacted me a lot. And there was one year when I was really struggling. And that's when I was already aware of different things, such as affirmations, self-help techniques, um, various different meditations, visualizations, a little familiar with hypnosis as well. Yet, I couldn't help myself with any of those tools. They would help perhaps, but sometimes my state was so low that the idea of visualizing a positive outcome, I couldn't connect with it. Uh, repeating positive affirmations often felt like, who am I kidding here? Like, I'm repeating, I'm healthy, I'm feeling energized, I'm feeling good. Yet actually the truth is, I don't feel that. And it felt like I was further disconnecting from myself. And it felt like part of me would be saying like, you're lying, that's not truth. You know, so I couldn't even energetically get behind the common self-help 
personal development tools that that can be super helpful and beneficial and i love all of them yet there are times when actually we cannot get energetically behind those tools and that's when i started exploring emotional intelligence and really learning to be okay with where i'm at and learning to modify those tools so that they work for me and with you know they work for me knowing where i am energetically mentally emotionally and it was just simple things such as learning to work with my emotions learning to process that anger i felt towards my body for having all those issues at such a young age and it would be almost even like that rage you know when and feeling upset, feeling sad, feeling like it's not fair that this is happening. And so that's when I started learning about alchemizing emotions. And it was incredible how, how well it worked for me, how much freedom and space it created in my life instead of constantly beating myself up for not feeling happy, for not feeling high vibe, as you know, as you hear a lot on the internet. And I do think this is where this huge stigma lies about emotions um feeling like oh if i'm not happy and smiling then i might attract something bad you know or according to the law of attraction what if i feel upset does it mean i'm gonna attract more things more upsetting things into my life so i started stripping those layers off and really learning about like actually facing your emotions is the best way to shift your frequency so i hope this answers your question but this is where it started and over the years i started developing this whole concept and it was actually in 2020 when it almost like landed as a concept as like a united concept which i called emotional alchemy which consists of emotional intelligence and also like the ability to trust yourself trust your body and reconnecting with your emotions instead of numbing them yeah and i i think I, I i love the point you're making about um you know a lot of people will be familiar with things like manifesting and if i acknowledge that i'm feeling upset or i'm i'm feeling disappointed or angry or whatever it is then i'll attract more of that so but the flip side of that is of course toxic positivity right where Absolutely. we end up with this smiling depression of I always have to pretend I'm smiling and I'm always have to always have to be laughing uh, even when I don't feel it, which is that fake it till you make it thing. And uh, for me, it's a frustrating uh, misquote when people talk about fake it till you make it all the time. That's that's great as a as a neurolinguistic programming or NLP term yeah. to get you through the door to a party or something, you know, but it's not a way yeah. to go through life. And I love what you're talking about there about you know, really being able to feel those emotions. Because if you hold them down, they're going to come back <laughs> up, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it does come from from our childhood a lot as well, when, you know, this is not to blame our parents or our caregivers at all. Uh, they didn't know any better, but very often we get told things such as, oh, if you stop crying, I'll give you this cookie or or a slice of cake, or I'll buy you a Barbie doll if you'll be a good girl. Or when children cry, sometimes they will get blamed or like, this is not what good girls do, you know, or good boys. Or So very often we get these mixed messages from a young age that to feel is to be bad or that it's a weakness 
another thing often women actually in in particular don't want to express their emotions because they don't want to be called emotionally weak or unprofessional and you know often we are like oh i need to make like a rational decision i can't be making an emotional decision the truth is proved by science every decision we make is an emotional one it just depends on which emotion it comes from what state it comes from does it come from your heart does it come from your ego there is like different levels to that but every decision we make is an emotional one and therefore i really believe that emotional intelligence is like the fundamental work that should be taught at schools it affects how you communicate it affects how confident you feel if you are emotionally intelligent you will be confident because you trust yourself that whatever happens i'll be able to handle it and to cope with it yeah i couldn't agree with you more i i i have spent my whole career working in businesses around emotional intelligence and you almost have to dress it up as a way of having self awareness so you can adapt your behavior and connect with others so that you can achieve more results but it's always coming back to those masculine drivers of results and competing and 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 drive uh, as opposed to actually coming back to how i feel and how i connect to who i really am so you're you have programs on emotional alchemy which around self-esteem and emotional intelligence what kind of things do you include in that mm, yeah so that's my program called emotional alchemy i've run it many times since that download came through in 2020 i have it on self-study at the moment as well and it takes you through all the steps through learning to accept your emotions even learning like what's my worst you know what 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 do i tend to do and i think these are really interesting concepts like what is my ugliest behavior when i get deeply triggered what does it look like when i'm acting from my wounding and i believe that knowing your ugly so to speak is important because we all have different coping behaviors when we get triggered for some of us so for some of us it's like oh i want to punish the other person back or i want to say something you know i want to do something and uh, i loved what you said about like that masculine approach like i need to focus on results yet emotions are feminine energy so even emotional alchemy in my program is actually about feminine energy learning to work with feminine energy making peace with it because i find that we are afraid of it we are afraid of emotions you know it's like when you watch a film when you watch let's say a sad movie and then you you are like crying your face off and it's very emotional and you're just like oh my god what's going on and then when the film ends you feel moved have you ever experienced that when like wow like this changed something for me and even a couple of hours later like you keep thinking of, of the story and everything that happened and how it changed you and we are quite comfortable not all of us but generally speaking we are quite comfortable crying when it's not about us yet when it comes to ourselves we often hold back because we fear what if i go into this sadness what if i don't come out of it like what if i let myself fully feel this 
emotion, what we perceive as an ugly, negative, you know, bad emotion, so to speak. And I won't come out of that. So it's about that learning to navigate those energy waves and actually realizing you will. It's just energy in motion. Even the word itself, I love it. E stands for energy. Motion is movement. So the energy will move through you. And this is when you need to trust your body. Your body is being designed to process emotions, to hold it all, to hold the ups and to hold the downs and to be okay when annoyances happen. Funnily enough, I find that sometimes sadness is easier to navigate than like the normal annoyances of of like what it's like to be a human when like things don't go according to plan and we get really frustrated and we hate it. So that's all about that, like learning to lean back into your inner glow. And I designed it the way that you start by, you know, releasing all that stigma surrounding emotions. You make peace with it. You learn how to work with your body and then there is manifestation piece. How does it actually work? Is it truth? that you will attract loads of bad things if you feel the so-called bad emotion. So there is like this metaphor, this story I have created for this module, which I absolutely love and how, how, for example, I managed to close the gap when I had my health problems and I couldn't get behind the usual affirmations. You know, it felt fake. It felt like I'm just pretending something here. And it would make me feel worse as a result. So I'm speaking about how do we close that gap between where you are right now and where you actually want to be in the future without needing to be fake, without needing to disconnect. Because disconnecting and numbing is quite common in our society, whether it's that odd glass of wine in the evening, which doesn't feel like anything, but actually, if it's a habit and if it's to disconnect from your day, then it's coping. It's, it's numbing. It could be scrolling up and down on Facebook and Instagram. That's a numbing mechanism, distraction. And actually, before we went live, Heather, I loved what you mentioned about busyness. You know, like keeping yourself busy so that you don't feel anything. So I find that's another coping mechanism, like loads of things scheduled, never having time off, never having an opportunity to relax or lean back. That's another coping mechanism. And when you learn all of these things, you then actually know how to work even with the good feeling emotions. Because there is a way how you can deepen those beautiful feeling states as well. Oh, I wish I had met you a long time ago. Keeping busy was my my definite go-to before mm. there was internet, before there was uh, apps and games and Netflix and all of those things. Uh, keeping busy was my was my go to numb, um, and and I, and I think you know there was an inner glow that people would have described. People always said, "Oh, you have this real glow, this wonderful energy about you," but I knew how to fake that. Mm -hmm. I knew how to put that out there. Because I, in order for me to tell you how I'm feeling, it has to come through me. And if I don't acknowledge it to myself, that's where it stops. And I can just push it all down and keep busy. And so that at night I can just fall into bed. And I, I think, you know, there's such a difference between that and the real inner glow. Mm -hmm. 
and you describe it beautifully around the art of receiving. Now, <laughs> that's probably my biggest piece of work for me personally that I've ever had to do is that receiving piece. And that comes from conditioning. This, for me, that, that very much does. So what would you say to somebody who really struggles to get in touch with their inner glow and truly be open to that receiving of what comes? Mm, I love that. Yes. And I also just want to say I had like full body chills when you spoke about how you learned to fake the inner glow, so to speak, and how we can like almost like create a, a mask that we wear in front of others. And I, I think it's so good you mentioned it because I find this is when we start feeling so disconnected from ourselves and it, you know, being inauthentic is such a huge energy leap. And eventually we do manifest signs or circumstances that give us that wake up call, if you like. And I, I actually find that inauthenticity can sometimes lead to things such as depression or anxiety as well, because we can't cope with it. Like we're not being ourselves. And thank you for your vulnerability because I can definitely like resonate with that as well. And we, we create even like drama or extra events or things going on just to keep ourselves going and to not look anywhere else. So thank you. <laughs> oh, fully, fully creating drama was, you know, was now I just, I, I, I have very low tolerance for it, but creating drama yeah. was a great way of keeping busy. Um, yeah. and, it, and it is, I, I mean, for me, I describe it as smiling depression. You know, I was completely <laughs> smiling. And, and, and it wasn't that I was denying my depression. It was that I wasn't even aware of, I didn't acknowledge that. And then you can't feel the highs and the lows in that time. And on top of that, you can't receive, I I couldn't, I couldn't receive at all. I just wasn't, I always had to be the giver. Yeah. We close up. I find we close up to receiving. And so how and do we open be, that? What, how, yeah. what do we do in order to open then? Yeah, so honestly, it's such a huge topic. I think we could have a whole episode <laughs> just on the art of receiving. But just simply explained, the art of receiving, being in the energy of receiving, learning to lean back and receive from life, from other people, is feminine energy as well. It is about trusting. Trust is one of the key aspects of that, which is so hard because sometimes you don't have physical evidence. <laughs> you don't have physical evidence of that things are working out, that they are going to work out. And it is vulnerability, deep vulnerability. Because if you open yourself up to someone else, to life, even to yourself, when we stop numbing, when we get like real with what we feel, it, it's, it can be very vulnerable and we can feel like, oh my God, am I not going to be weak if I admit this or if I open myself up? And it could be the little things such as even asking for help, admitting that we need help, receiving help when it's being offered because so often we say no, we need it. We sh- we're struggling inside. Like honestly, the to-do list is never ending. Someone comes along, offers help, and we say no. You know, it happens a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's my, my imposter syndrome archetype is soloist. Uh, that is, mm -hmm. that is so deeply ingrained. I have to, you know, still after all these years, consciously accept help, even when I'm, you know, even when it's offered, you'd think it would be an easy thing. I would never think of somebody else's week if they asked for help or accepted help that I'm offering. And yet I felt like it was a weakness of me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's another interesting topic, by the way, the imposter archetypes. I love those. <laughs> Thank I you. For you. We have about four episodes here on this list. It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it yeah, comes down to staying up uh, and, and being open to accept help is is the hardest thing I've done. Yeah. And I, I find it comes down to safety. Safety, like do I feel safe to receive from others? Have I learned throughout my childhood, throughout my life, that it's not safe to be on the receiving end? Very often we got disappointed by other people. We got let down. And disappointment in particular is an emotion we avoid at all times, subconsciously. We don't want to get disappointed. And this is how we self-sabotage, how we even procrastinate. You know, or we hold ourselves back when it comes to success because what if I give it a go and then it doesn't work out and I'll feel disappointed with myself. So I better not do it. I better be really busy and say, oh, I haven't got time for this dream. I haven't got time for this thing where I don't open my heart up to a potential partner because what if this person disappoints me and I'll be hurt so I'll protect myself by not receiving, by being that overgiver. Being an overgiver is exhausting. It's a huge, huge energy and abundance leak as well when it comes to life. So learning to be safe, reminding yourself that it's safe for me to receive. There are like tangible tips I can share on here as well. Like it's an energetic thing, but there are like practical tips you can start doing. And whenever someone is offering help, whenever you are receiving, let's say even money from a customer, from a client, or you're receiving a gift, say yes to it. Yes, it's safe for me to receive. Almost like affirming to yourself inside of your head, like it's safe. I did. A receiving experiment back in 2019. It was interesting. I found myself working really hard, working hard in my business. I, I felt like, oh my God, I put so much out there and I feel like I received very little back. And it's when I started noticing my own receiving block. So I took myself through this receiving experience and I experiment, if you like. I started playing with the idea of what would happen if I opened myself up to more? What would happen if I was receiving more? Is it possible? The most incredible thing started happening. I would receive these unexpected gifts from people I haven't spoken to for years. My partner started giving me a lot more because I created that space for him to step in and give more, right? I was in a different state. I uh, received new clients, new opportunity. It was magical. And that, that gave me that proof that it really does work. And one of the like fun, practical steps you can start doing is to lean back even with your physical body. When you are in a conversation, and you feel like you are always the one coming up with ideas. You are the one who is always like creating everything. I find my clients 
sometimes feel frustrated with their partners not being proactive enough, with their business partners, at meetings with employees. They are like the ones who like push forward and, you know, and carry all that heaviness on their shoulders. I'm like, okay, well, just start playing with your own body. Are you leaning back to actually receive from other people? They feel it and they do. It does work. If I ever have a client who I feel is holding back on a session, I will even on Zoom on camera lean back physically so they have that space to open up and speak a little more. Then it's about noticing where about in my life am I already receiving and it feels good and it feels safe. Because the ego, the mind will be looking for evidence when it doesn't feel. When you trusted someone and they broke your heart. When you ask for help and the person didn't deliver. Like our mind will filter, delete, distort just so that it can fit the narrative, so that it can fit that limiting belief. But when you start consciously noticing, oh, I'm receiving the air today. I'm breathing in, breathing out. It feels safe to receive. It can be as simple as that. I have received help from a friend the other day. I received a session from someone. And you start building up evidence and creating a new belief that it's safe for me and the universe wants me to receive and to relax, to rest and be open. So it's just little bits. <laughs> I love that. I, I love that. And, and it, it's interesting because uh, I use that for other beliefs. I use that with other people. Um, and I, and I understand the, the, the technique, uh, but I never used that for myself because that, that belief and that habit was so strong, like so strong that I wasn't even open to the idea of being open to breaking that habit or changing that belief or finding that that evidence mm -hmm. um and, mm -hmm. and and our brain does naturally look for those patterns but uh, i would mm -hmm. say i would have said you know back in my non-receiving days in my strong non-receiving days i would have said that that habit won't work for this for me you know i would have all of the excuses coming from the ego around that and i think that is mm -hmm. a beautiful tip to just to just lean back and do that um sometimes when i'm going into a meditation i do that in my head i go back to the back mm. of my head and it feels very different it feels like i'm a, i'm in a different place than you know in that in that front of my head mm. ah, i love that so what is your favorite lesson that you've learned in the art of receiving or in overall any? overall what's the what's your favorite mm. thing i would say that fears our fears and insecurities are portals to more magic it's just something i come across over and over again and i i think whenever we feel insecure about something whenever there is a fear and we actually go in it and we work with it we alchemize it it opens up this portal to more abundance, to more joy, to a new level of healing. And just to give you an example, like I remember my first year living in England. So I was a student, I was a language student and I had a gap year at university. And I was really conscious and aware of my accent 
And it was something I was really insecure about. And of course, I would manifest people who would say, oh, sorry, I can't understand you because of your accent. It's very thick. Or I would get like quite nasty comments from some people. I worked in a hotel first as a barmaid, then as a hotel receptionist while I was studying and doing other things. And I would get people like, oh, can't, you know, it was just like being mean and it would hurt me very badly as well. Like I, I would feel that pain because I was so insecure about it. But that's the thing. We often manifest those things because we feel them on the inside. It's like the sacred mirror that the universe offers to us. And of course, when I finally got clarity on what I wanted to do further after my degree, after I completely completed my degree and hypnosis like came up for me, like, oh my God, I want to explore it. I'm like, that's all about my voice. I don't want to do that. It feels so uncomfortable. So I realized that actually my biggest insecurity, which was my accent, the fact that English is not my first language, yet the universe wanted me to go directly into that and to be in a class where I believe I was probably the only foreign person there. And I had to practice hypnosis out loud in front of other people. And I had to just face this fear of like, oh my God, will people judge me? Funnily enough, like, the most frequent compliment I would receive when I was studying hypnosis would be like, I love your voice. Like, it's so lovely. It's so soothing. And it made me realize that actually my biggest insecurity could be my biggest gift. And still till this day, I will hear clients say to me, oh, when I heard your voice, like, I wanted to sign up. I love your accent. So it's just an encouragement to all of you listening to this. Go into your insecurities, explore them, because very often they will be your biggest gifts. Thank you for sharing that. That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I need to, I need to sit and think about that, and and in, <laughs> for myself, uh, I, I'll, I'll go back to this soundbite quite a few times. I would say, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for receiving it. <sighs> you know when something just kind of hits you like in 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 every sense it's it's quite it's quite strong it's quite overwhelming <clears throat> i'm gonna i'm gonna um come back to that i'm even choking see my even my throat went oh don't speak anymore don't speak just let that wash over you Ah. <sighs> So, Stepanka, I wanted to explore with you, and I know you have uh, listened to Confidence Through Cabaret uh, uh, episodes, so you'll be expecting this, maybe. Um, if you were performing on an actual stage in Cabaret, so Cabaret is a small venue, so it's quite intimate, and that can be very exposing. It can also be very comforting, depending on how you look at it. You know, some people some people would rather be in in a, a an auditorium or a theater with thousands because then you don't really have to connect with each person. Um, other people would rather be in a small audience, and and that would seem safer. If you were connecting with an audience in a in a small venue in a cabaret, what kind of performance would you be doing on a stage? 
Mm, it has to be dance. <laughs> what kind of dance? Mm, probably embodied dance. You know, I, I really believe actually dance is such an incredible way to lean back into the feminine arts and let your body and emotions express themselves through you. So it would be a flex. It would be a huge, huge stretch. But thinking about it, I feel like truly just listening and expressing my soul and her essence through um, intuitive dance. I, I love intuitive dance. I had programs about it as well, just really allowing your body to express itself with music. And to me, that's way easier than following any choreography. I can't do that. I can't follow someone else's steps. It's so difficult. Like my mind and my body, they just can't get there. I can't get my head around it, honestly. But when I get out of my head and when I'm in my body, that's when it feels the best. You know, my body knows what to do. My body express itself in a very beautiful movement. And it doesn't have to be beautiful, by the way. Sometimes emotional work will actually look awkward as well. But it's part of that. And the other thing that comes to my mind, but I don't really know whether it's suitable for cabaret, but <laughs> poetry, I would love to read poetry in front of people. It's, it's a huge stretch as well, but I love writing. And I do write my own poetry a lot. And I feel that would be another exciting experience to actually share it with the world in like real time. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. It's, I mean, cabaret can be anything on the stage that, that is about sharing a story. Mm. It, it is really like a, you know, a storytelling evening, whether you're singing, whether you're covering somebody else's song, whether you're, you, whether you're, you know, doing comedy, whether you, it's, it is all about sharing. And so absolutely poetry would be amazing. Um, I fully agree with you about moving the body. I feel very strongly all of my programs have an element of body movement in it because I think it's, you know, our mind and body are so strongly connected, which most of us realize now at this point. But, you know, um, allowing our body to speak without the mind narrating or editing is is such an important thing. Um, I I do not follow choreography, even my own. I, I, I always freestyle on a stage. I know what my story is. I know what my props are if I'm using them. And I just tell the story and I never know what I'm going to do until I've done it, which means I can never do it twice the same way, but that's fine because it's very authentic connecting in that moment. Um, so I really hear you about not following someone else's choreography or what you're supposed to be doing. And, you know, I, I listen to I listen to cabaret dancers talk about, oh, and I didn't do that step. And I did. Nobody knows that. It, it, that doesn't matter at all. Uh, or I messed that part up and, and the chair fell over or what. Nobody cares. You know, it's much more about your expression. And I think it's authentic what you're describing as, you know, um, being very freestyle. So um, what one prop would you want to have on a stage with you? I mean, obviously, if you're reading poetry, you're going to have some sort of text unless you have it memorized. But aside from the, that requirement, what would you want a prop? What would you have? Hmm. That's an interesting one. Probably not. I can't think of it right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe just just simplicity, to be honest. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like some people will have from a nice dress. <laughs> well, absolutely. So for some people it's about, you know, it is, it's about the dress. For some people, it's about having a hat which you can lift up and you can hide behind. For some people, you know, there's there's all different kind of things. And and that the the meaning behind it, I mean, you know, you can add a whole bunch of props and it becomes a gimmick and it it it, it isn't authentic. But you know the meaning behind that prop is really important to what is it that you're trying to do? Are you trying to hide from your audience or are you trying to, to use it in a way of expanding into your space? And I love the idea. What, what kind of dress are you thinking? What, what's the, what's the vibe? Oh, I actually have, I have a probably think I would love to bring with me. Actually, I think flowers, roses and, and to give them away. <laughs> with every poem I, I i share i feel like giving one flower away one rose away to someone in the audience that would be a fun thing to do and explore and i'm so connected to roses to flowers and very often when i write my poems i do put like pressed flowers um next to my poems so i feel like flowers yeah definitely that's a huge and authentic part of my work and of my expression and art and dress hmm that would have to be something rather feminine and beautiful and flowy and something that does look beautiful but also feels really good on the body i love nine good dress <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so important for us to feel comfortable and and not be you know just kind of um, shoved into something that is the fashion or what we're supposed to look good in or whatever, but to really, you know, that's part of our expression, isn't it? Is to feel good. And that's way sexier than anything you could put on that you've been told to wear or is, is fashionable at the time. Exactly. The most sexy thing is your confidence. <laughs> ah, I couldn't agree more. Okay. So what is your stage name? You're about to go on stage. You're going to maybe do some dance, maybe read some poetry. You have flowers, you have roses, mm. you have a beautiful dress that feels amazing. Please welcome to the stage, ladies and gentlemen, Stepanka. What would your name be instead of that? Mm. New Earth Woman. <gasps> I know it, it doesn't sound like a typical stage name, but it's just going to be New Earth Woman. Please welcome to the stage, New Earth Woman. Ah, <laughs> love that. I love that. And what's fun about that is, you know, you can you can be like, you know, you can put emphasis on new, like it's new, like you're, you know, you're expressing something for the first time or exploring something, or it can be about more about the earth and about that grounding or it can be about woman, do you know? And other mm -hmm. I never thought about it this way. I love that, thank you. That's <laughs> so important, right? Is it, you know, and, 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 and you'll know from, from uh, your, your training and, and certainly um, if any of the listeners have done any NLP or neuro-linguistic programming, you know, it's, it's where you put that emphasis on those words. Um, for example, my stage name now, currently and i it does it does change according to what i'm trying to express but my my current um, stage name is also helen and if you just mm. say it like that it's like, what is that also helen but it's also helen mm. and it's also uh that i can be sexy that i can be a mother that i can be my age that i can be you know and i can also be this and i can also be that and i can also be and i can also be anything i damn well please oh i love that 
Mm -hmm. um, that gave me chills. That is uh, powerful. And so that emphasis is on that also, you know, and I'm also Helen, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm all of these things, but I'm also this, do you know? And, mm -hmm. and so it, it's, it's very playful that it can be, you know, I, I, I'm also filthy or I'm also sensual or I'm also demure or I'm also any of the things that I feel like mm -hmm. being in that moment. Mm -hmm. So. That's so potent. I love that. <laughs> so I love that, that you can be new. Do you know if you're re if you're trying something new, or you can be Earth, or you can be woman? Oh, I love that feel. Oh, and so you know, I, I often talk about that having that inner persona that we can tap into, even when we're not wearing the dress, holding the roses. You know, uh, having our poetry there, or our or our, our movement that we're about to do, that we can tap into that being who we are. That is so true. And to be honest, I do this with the new earth woman archetype. So it's almost like an archetype I created for myself back in 2020 called the new earth woman. And for me, it's like a whole concept. And every summer I usually do like a training around it as well, which I might do probably late July this year, beginning of August. And it's called the new earth woman activation. And it's, it's, about you know connecting to all the different parts of you releasing that good girl mentality and all the good girl layers we've been conditioned to um to wear if you like and she's very confident the new earth woman she knows what she wants she goes for it she's emotionally confident and like emotionally intelligent she knows like if something is not working out right now it probably looks like it's not working out but deep down things are working in my favor every single time she knows how valuable and important she is and i call upon this archetype whenever i feel like i need it so i feel it would be an appropriate stage name for me too <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I, I, I really encourage everyone to find that archetype in them of, of who we are unapologetically. And it's, it, I love that you can just come out with that because so many times people will shy away from it and say, Oh, I couldn't call myself that. Oh, I, mm, mm, you know, and I, mm, I, I want to be queen whoever, but I couldn't be, you know, and I mean, imagine, imagine Beyonce, right? Imagine Beyonce apologizing for being Queen Bee. Do you know what I mean? It would be like, it, it makes no sense because we wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't connect with it. We're inspired by that. Absolutely. And I connect to her values. They are so important, like her values, which she is all about. And, and, this, and I hold myself to higher standards as well i know when i like call upon that archetype and i'm like i'm just embodying this energy right now i know that i will deal with things differently i will be more of a powerful communicator and i will you know perhaps it would be really easy to go into my wounding when i'm being triggered when i'm being challenged by someone but if i'm in the new earth woman vibe and this is what i'm all about and i stand for this i will respond completely differently Absolutely. Um, I just want to come back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode, because, you know, we can get really 
tricked by, you know, creating a persona that is kind of, I have it all together. I'm a new earth woman or, or whatever your, your archetype is. And, and I, I think, you know, and I'll ask you if it's true for you, but for me, that persona also has to be ready to receive ready to be vulnerable, ready to grow. You know, I can tell you for sure that when you're on stage, you know, whatever your prop is, you'll drop it. There'll be a malfunction. Something will go, you know, horribly wrong. I, I you know, if it, we often will wear corsets. They don't undo all the time. Uh, I've had them, you know, be knotted and I'm there trying to undo a knot. And, and we are fallible as those strong, you know, archetypes, um, and and we can be receiving of um, patience, we can be receiving of understanding, we can be receiving of lots of things. How is New, New Earth Woman receiving in mm. that inner glow for you? Yeah, I, I find for me personally, the New Earth Womanhood, if you like, is about being vulnerable and seeing it as your strength, about being open to other women. I feel like sisterhood is a huge piece of that new earth aspect for me, of that new earth concept for me. Being able to cry in front of other women, that can be a very challenging thing for many of us. And I know like when I gave myself permission to just be seen and witnessed by others, even in my messiness, like so much shifted in my life. I started feeling so empowered just by the fact that I, I allowed myself to be witness. I don't have to have it all together. I can let other people see my weaknesses, see my wounds, see my triggers. Like it's part of that. It's about authenticity. Definitely the new earth woman is about being authentic, even if it doesn't look pretty on the outside. Yet she also knows like that she is the queen. <laughs> yeah. With others. You know, it's always about I don't have to be the best. We can all be incredible together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing is that being queen isn't about dominating or overpowering others. It's about uplifting and inspiring others to also be queens or whatever it is that they that they connect with. And I I, I appreciate you sharing that around being witnessed. I think um, in my lowest. I wasn't willing to witness it myself. So there was no way I could allow that access to allow others to witness. And that's the, that's the analogy of cabaret that we, that we talk about here in Confidence Through Cabaret is that, is that vulnerability is strength, mm -hmm. that who we are is valuable and valid just as we are. And I really appreciate what you have just shared with us. Thank you so much. This has been such an incredible, I mean, chat. I can't even call it an interview. It's like a heartfelt conversation and it was beautiful. Oh, I tell you, we have, we have, uh, <laughs> we have so many episodes in us between us. Um, yeah, we'll, we will have to, we will have to do this again, Stepanka, because uh, I would just, love to. Yeah, yeah, we'll need to do like a whole series. <laughs> this has been beautiful. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you coming and sharing your time and your energy and your experience and your vulnerability and your expertise 
where can people find you? Mm, thank you so much for asking. So I guess like the best place to go to is my website, which is hypnocoaching.me, M-E. And that's where you can find all the links. I have got some free hypnosis recordings on there. Uh, I am also on social media. All the links are on the website, but uh, on Instagram, I am at New Earth Woman. <laughs> and I also have a Facebook community called New Earth Women. And I also have my own podcast, which is usually just solo episodes of me expressing what's real for me. Um, I do have a couple of interviews as well, but mostly it's just myself and it's called the Inner Glow Podcast. It's all about invoking your inner glow and feeling incredible. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, do get in touch. Do, you know, go, sounds like the ideal is to go to the website and then find all of the other links. We will put the links in the show notes. So uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this, then you'll be able to, to get in touch with Stepanka as well. Um, it's really important for, for me as a, as a business model that we collaborate. Nobody knows everything that everybody needs to raise their confidence. And what we've talked about here is, is specialist and, and, you know, if it speaks to you, then please do get in touch with Stepanka and, and, um, and New Earth Woman or, you know, join that community as well. Um, because none of us are all things to all people all of the time. It, it, it's not realistic. Um, and so my, my wish for you is to find the place where it will uplift your confidence where you need it most. So thank you, Stepanka, for being here. Thank you, Heather, for having me. It's been incredible. And we will see you again. I am absolutely certain of that. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we are Confidence to Cabaret on all of the socials. Uh, the, you'll find it just, if you do a Google search on Confidence to Cabaret, there's about two pages worth of stuff. You'll find uh, Confidence to Cabaret on Instagram, uh, Facebook. Those are our main places. Uh, the other place where we are not Confidence to Cabaret, strangely enough, is Twitter. We are at YBYWYS. Uh, I am at Heather YBYWYS on Clubhouse, and we are also Confidence and Attitudes on Clubhouse as a club. And uh, so, do get in touch, or if you want to, if you need to find Stepanka and you can't, then let me know, and I will send you in that direction. Uh, those six beautiful little letters that we use as our Twitter Twitter handle stand for: it is your body, and it is your world. And it is your stage. Own it. Take up space unapologetically and enjoy it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you again to Stepanka. I will see you again next time with another episode. Go and check out all the content on the YouTube channel. There is so much content on all of the playlists. And we'll see you again. We love having you here. Bye for now. Bye, Stepanka. Thank you.